Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP, we got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, as always, I'm your host, John June. And as always, got my guy with me. Greg Penniman, aka yes, sir. Greg, yes, sir. Good, not much, man. Grinding, working, you know, working on his fantasy football season. Like we got a draft tomorrow. Excited for that. Uh, got coming at the third spot. So this is a little good practice for us to talk about running backs, so we can have a game plan for ourselves. Give the people a game plan for, you know, doing these running backs. Probably the the most like shallow position, definitely for fantasy, I believe. Yeah, it definitely gets tough. Um, you know, the the coin term running back dead zone comes up a lot um, when you talk about those mid-tier running backs. Uh, Facts, so we're going we're, we're gonna to be getting into all of it today. Uh, you know, we, we obviously it's our positional breakdowns. We already did the quarterback position. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, then then obviously you, you saw that episode or you could be listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, many, many podcast platforms we are available on. And, of course, we are also live on YouTube and yes, sir. Twitter and Twitch. So um, if you obviously like what you see, if you then just hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, um, You know, make sure you follow the show at FF Diagnostics so you can see when we're live. Uh, we're there on Twitter and Instagram. So definitely want to check that out and get plugged in so you can tap into the show uh, when, when we're on four times a week. Uh, but today we're covering running backs, positional breakdowns, um, top 12s, discuss our top threes, busts, sleepers, breakouts, my guys. And as always, if time permits, usually does some ADP game. So, uh, you know, before we jump into that, just want to talk about a little bit of the news. Um, Jalen Rager <laughs> traded from the Philadelphia Eagles. Dying, the I had to bring it up to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, man. Uh, I just feel bad for Jalen Rager because, you know, all he ever heard about in Philadelphia was, oh, man, we drafted you, the pick before Justin Jefferson. And, you know, my man just can't escape Justin Jefferson and even getting traded to his new team, he has to be teammates with them. So <laughs> haunts him, yo. He just has now he has to like go against him, not go against him and Ross, but like just see plays like that. And I mean, hopefully he can make it on the the field. Hopefully that 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 wide receiver core in uh Minnesota is kind of deep. Yeah, I mean KJ Osborne, um, yeah, you know somebody who. Uh, it definitely played well last year, and you know today is not the wide receiver episode, so we're, we don't want to get too much into it. But um, you know, KJ Osborne is definitely somebody that played well, and somebody that I've, I've been honestly picking up as like uh, uh, you know some receiver depth at the end of some drafts. If you know if I need some help at that position, because I'm you know like we've talked about a little bit yesterday and or in the, you know on Monday with the quarterback in the quarterback episode. Uh, I'm expecting the Vikings to throw the ball a little bit more. And so, therefore, that should mean maybe some more 11 personnel looks. K.J. Osborne's on the field. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, again, like when he had his opportunities last year, he played well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some other news that definitely is uh, on topic with what we're discussing today. Uh, this happened during, you know, we talked about on Monday, the the flurry of cuts and claims that were going to be done. One of those transactions that occurred was the release of a veteran running back, Marlon Mack, who was cut from the Houston Texans, uh, which, you know, prompted everyone to, you know, scream from the, from the mountains, <laughs> Damian Pierce season. Um, so Greg, what do you, what's your reaction to, to this? I mean, Marlon Mack did get signed to the practice squad today, so he's not completely gone. They can elevate him from there. Um, but obviously they, they, they've shown confidence in Damian Pierce. So what's your take on, on Damian Pierce and his potential outlook going forward? Uh, well, I'm definitely looking to him as part of stepping into that, that starter role. I mean, you know, you, uh, kind of hopefully I mean, he's a rookie, so we envision him to maybe that part ease him in, but I mean, I'm not, the Texans aren't very good team. They're not going to be projected to be a very good team. So unless, uh, he can flash his pass catching abilities, uh, that could cap his upside a little bit, but I would take him for a good volume. Maybe he would start to get, you know, 15 touches a game, 15 carries, but, uh, they'll be playing from behind a bit, so hopefully he can get some pass catching ability, um, which I'm not sure how you showed that in college. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I have questions about too, Greg. And I'm glad you brought that up because you know everybody brings us brings up like James Robinson um, a lot when they you know when, when you bring up the bad team narrative for you know the Houston Texans. It's like oh well, James Robinson did it, but yeah, but James Robinson was literally the workhorse even when yeah they were losing. James Robinson yeah. was in there on third downs, catching the football. Uh, And so it really comes down to if Damian Pierce is that kind of guy. Um, Believe I have it up here somewhere. He had 45 receptions in 48 college games. Uh, So, I mean, that's not a fantastic number, but uh, it's also, uh, you know, not terrible. Uh, He, he, again, catch the ball 45 times. So he has – some of the some ability. I don't know how and how many targets that was, but um, you know, he if if he, Rex Burkhead is still present in that backfield, right? So it kind of makes you believe that there's a possibility that Rex Burkhead will still continue to play that role. That's something that he's done at a high level. Yeah, uh, for sure. And so you know, Damian Pierce is not somebody I think that we end up talking about much today. Um, you know, just based on based on the show notes, but you know, he he's somebody who I feel like with this hype could potentially be overdrafted because his cost, like a, yeah, like he was a value when you were getting him in the ninth, tenth, eleventh round, right? Like when there was those camp alerts. That's like, oh, hey, you know, Damian Pierce looks like the best running back on the Texans and, you know, before he had even really played a preseason game. Now you take in the consideration, the fact that Marlon Mack is rid of this roster. uh, I mean, of the active roster, then this price is, you know, just could potentially shoot up into where you're taking Damian Pierce in the running back dead zone. Right. And it's like some of the things that you talked about, you know, with the, with the pass catching and the playing for a bad football team, those things come into play now as you're deciding to pick him over some, maybe some other established running backs. Yeah, for sure. Those are great points. 
Um, all right, let's 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 get into the business, man. Talking about the running back position. Obviously, we 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 got the recap for the top twelve in fancy fancy points per game for last year. We're gonna do fancy points per game. Um, you know, because that's you know more indicative, I feel like, of the impacts that some of these running backs had. Uh, but number one, it was believe it or not, Derrick Henry. Uh, number two. <laughs> Oh man, yo. Peace, uh, num- yo. Number two, Jonathan Taylor. Three, Austin Eckler. Four, Leonard Fournette. Five, Christian McCaffrey. Six, Alvin Kamara. Seven, Joe Mixon. Eight, Najee Harris. Nine, James Conner. Ten, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> oh, bless you. Uh, Thank you. Eleven, Dalvin Cook. And twelve, Nick Chubb. So, um, you know, and if you. On the cusp were like Aaron Jacobs, or Aaron Jones, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, just missed the cut a little bit, but you know those are those guys were your top twelve. And Greg, I think as we get into this, the running back breakdown and, and these you know these top threes, it's pretty evident that I think you know we might agree for at least one and two. Uh, and so you know for me. It is it is Jonathan Taylor. Yes, sir. JT. It could be JT uh, season, yes, sir. Enjoyed a breakout season in year two. Uh rushed for a league leading 1811 rushing yards, 18 rushing touchdowns, also chipped in 40 receptions, 360 receiving yards, two additional touchdowns on 51 targets. He was the engine that made the, the Colts offense go. Total 372 total touches. Um, he was also on the engine for fantasy teams as well, <laughs> finishing as the top overall running back in PPR in PPR leagues, averaging 21.9 PPR points per game. Uh, where JT excelled was those big plays. He led the league in runs of 10 yards or more with 50, uh, according that's according to PFF. He also led all running backs and missed forced tackles, according to PFF. Uh, don't expect the Colts game plan to change much with Matt Ryan. I uh, do believe Taylor can benefit, though, from probably some better game script. Colts only won nine games, missed out on the playoffs. This year, I'm projecting them to win that division, potentially get the 10-win mark. And so, yeah, JT's he's my number one because he's got the best blend of talent, youth, opportunity, and situation of all these top running backs. Yeah, man, I got to go with JT. JT is just a beast among men. Like he, he, you know, he broke out last year just doing what he had to do uh, over 1,800 yards, as you mentioned. And he did all this with under 20 touches a game, pretty much. Tony carries a game. Uh, so if you just give him five more carries a game, like that's that seems like nothing on a game plan basis. So, you know, he could always one play just break out for more. So I feel like. What he did last year is not even the upside, the cap for him uh, coming into this year. Yeah, I feel that for sure. And, and you know, it was crazy because at one point last year, we were coming on here for the first three weeks of the season, like, yes. JT. give JT the ball. Like, like free just beat JT, him, bro. Like, <laughs> just give him the ball, man. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Greg, you, you and I are in agreement here. Yes, sir. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, RB1. Um, Who's your RB2, Greg? I'm still going to go with Christian McCaffrey here. 
uh, even though, you know, the last two seasons, um, you know, it's been cut short, but a little bit by uh, injury, but it's fine. I think, you know, was willing to take the risk, not maybe not a one, but a two. I think he he's, you know, the third time's a charm will be pretty even lucky, but uh, I think he comes in here and gives you a good 15, 16 games uh, and goes back to that Christian McCaffrey of, you know, two years ago. He still averaged 18.3, 18.2 uh, fantasy points per game last year in the games that he played. There's still no one. I mean, Trevor Harbert, you know, he's he's a decent running back. You know, he did well in, in uh, relief last year, but still not Christian McCaffrey. There's no reason why he shouldn't get close to, you know, 20 touches to 25 touches a game, um, which he was doing you know, previously. Well, and with Baker Mayfield, I think he's been with, uh, you know, types of running backs that he's can hand off the ball. He's been in a lot of running systems. He's also been in a lot of systems where he's passing the ball to like the players like Kareem Hunt. So I think the receptions in the carry is going to come for Christian McCaffrey. He's, he's going to be back to elite level. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that statement as well. Christian McCaffrey is also my RB too. Um, you know, we, if we're going to, if we're going to talk about durability and not wanting to take a running back because he's injured, then you shouldn't take any running back with your first round pick. If you don't yeah. want to invest in a player like Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, we talked, you talked about Chubba Hubbard and what he was able to do in relief. Like when you get the backup for Christian McCaffrey, you're not even really, you know how we always say like, Oh, if you get Alexander Madison, you're getting like 80% Dalvin cook. Like yeah. you're not getting, you're not even getting 80%. You're not even <laughs> getting close because no, no, no. that player just becomes like, Oh, he's going to run the ball like 14, 15 times. And they might get like two targets versus McCaffrey. Who's going to run the ball like 14, 15 times, but also get like, nine Eight, targets reception. Yeah. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah nine targets yeah yeah so you're 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 really missing out on that that ceiling that McCaffrey brings and you there is a world right like because there was a there was a time Christian McCaffrey was the automatic 101 and you couldn't blame anybody because between uh 2018 2019 he was second in touches with 729 the just seven behind Ezekiel Elliott during that time span and a hundred more than the third running back accumulated in that span, not to mention 266 targets during that time span, which made him a, a PPR darling. He played 48 of 48 possible games between 2017 and 2019. He's only played 10 of 33 between 2020 and 2021. So I'm willing to bet that CMC plays more than 10 total games that he played in the last two seasons and his production has not fallen off at all. And so you could honestly, there's a world where like you could convince yourself if Christian McCaffrey stays fully healthy, he could edge out yeah. Jonathan Taylor as the number one pick or as the number yeah. one player in fantasy. Like Definitely he could PPR be the number leagues. one player in PPR leagues if he is completely healthy for the, for the rest of the year. Cause like you said, Baker Mayfield's not going to be, I mean, no matter who the court, you go back to Cam Newton, <laughs> whoever it was, they were going to check it down to Christian McCaffrey. That's free yardage right there. So, yep. Um, I definitely, I definitely think we're in agreement there. I think the first place we disagree, and I don't even hate you for like I can't even <laughs> hate for like who your guy is because like yeah. But I'm going Austin Eckler uh, as my RB three. He he had a breakout season in 2021. Second in total PPR points, uh, averaging 21 and a half PPR points per game. 
He played the Alvin Kamara role in the Joe Lombardi offense to a T. Total 206 rush attempts for 911 rushing yards. Had 12 touchdowns on the ground. Added 94 targets for 70 receptions. 647 receiving yards and eight touchdown receptions. Thrived as a pass game weapon for the Los Angeles Chargers and, and has Justin Herbert obviously throwing the rock to him, so that helps. 20 touchdowns, definitely going to be hard for him to repeat. Uh, it definitely helps that he's attached to a Justin Herbert-led offense, so I, I definitely want a piece of that, especially the PPR aspect makes him a safe uh, week-to-week option, more, you know, more consistent option. The elephant in the room is the fact that the Chargers have been spending multiple resources to try to find a capable backup and potential running mate for Austin Eckler. It's just that every guy that they've brought in has not been (laughs) basically up to snuff to be able to do it. Um, But recently, just as of this morning and last night, the LA Chargers did sign Sony Michelle. So that does bring in a comp, like a, a capable backup. I know Joshua Kelly has been playing well as well. So, but this does bring a capable backup in here and somebody that can, you know, for a guy Eckler, who's often banged up, you know, you know, he played 16 to 17 games last year. So that's pretty good for him, but you know, he, he, he will miss some time as a lot of most running backs do, you know, I, maybe the chargers look to find a capable running mate to help save him a little bit, but that's my RB three, Greg. I don't know what, what say you. I love that. I love Austin Eckler. He's my RB four. So I mean, I have him right up there. Sony Michelle, whoever they bring up. Joshua Kelly's been a name in beat writers' mouths forever. Like you know, I, and he does nothing during the season. Um, but yeah, uh, Sony Michelle may still a couple goal line touchdowns, but uh, that I think that doesn't really cap Austin Eckler as much because he's still a PPR machine. And Sony Michelle's never been a guy that's like catching passes day in and day out. So. Yeah, I, I like all Sackler, but now my number three definitely is King Henry, the volume king. There's no one getting the ball more than this man, <laughs> even though he's still he's got hurt. They really warmed to the ground last year. I still don't think that would affect him too much. He got a ridiculous 27.4 carries last year, a game that in the games that he played, that's that's crazy. Like that's the the volume we want for JT. Derrick Henry gets every game, uh, and it's guaranteed. And there's Mike Vrabel still the coach, so. There's, I'm pretty sure he's going to run through Derrick Henry, give him close to 25 carries a game, and you know he'll get his maybe three receptions, four receptions a game, maybe two or three. But there's always a big play happening for Derrick Henry potential as well. Uh, and, yeah, I'm just here for the volume, really. Like, volume is king, man. That's all I got to say. Yeah, most definitely, uh, Derrick Henry, do not hate that you have him uh, as your RB3. I mean – you could make a case that he should be the RB one, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, he was there, yeah, yeah, based off his points per game last year. And he played eight games, and he still had the most average points per game. And he was close to he was the leader in rushing for like every time they showed the leader each week. He was still the oh, leader yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think he's still. It took, top three. it took JT a minute, a hot minute yeah. to catch him. Yeah, and it was like, bro, he hadn't played for weeks. It was like eight <laughs> weeks. He had like nine hundred, nine hundred rushing. I was like, oh, he's gonna. Yeah. You're gonna hit two thousand again, like it was absurd. Yeah. Um, Greg, why don't you list your top twelve out for the people real quick? So at number four, I do have Austin Eckler. Uh, then after that, Dalvin Cook, 
Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, my man Javante Williams, uh, and then Leonard Fournette. And at 12, I have Aaron Jones. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, my, yeah, mine's going to be a little bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like we said, JT McCaffrey, one and two. My yep. three is Austin Eckler. My four is DeAndre Swift. Five, Dalvin Cook. Six, Alvin Kamara. Seven, Derrick Henry. Eight, Najee Harris. Nine, Aaron Jones. Ten, Joe Mixon. Eleven, Saquon Barkley. And twelve, Nick Chubb. The, the Derrick Henry just sliding. Oh man, first Patty now Derrick Henry. Yo, this is crazy. Bro, it's it's seven. You know, <laughs> it's just it's just a PPR thing for me. That's really what it is. Like I'm just. It doesn't matter. I know it. It it, it seems like it doesn't matter. Like every season, I go through the same thing. Like every season, I know, comes, I know. The season comes and I'm like, damn, I wish I had more Derrick Henry. He had 20 targets yeah. last year. Like I wish 31 I had 31 the year before. Oh man. No, I mean, he he's he yeah. he's actually trended up in targets every year. No, nah, it's still um, pitiful though. I mean, yeah, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like when you have Derrick Henry and you are watching him get the ball 30 times, like it's the most glorious thing. <laughs> Like it really it's, is. it's it like really is. It, it is the nicest thing in fantasy yeah. that you could that you could experience because you're just like, okay, I don't have to like he's like a running back and a half almost right like at, with the like there's no more workhorses nobody's getting that kind of work anymore so having Derrick Henry is like having a running back and a half in your yep. in your uh, in your running back slot. Yeah, for sure. Um. All right, so. Greg, why don't you go through? Actually, I guess I'll start this one because you did quarterbacks. You weren't doing quarterbacks. You went first with this, so I'll, I'll I'll put my head on the chopping block first and give my running back bust. And uh, that for me is going to be James Conner. Uh, Conner had a fantastic season. He finished again the RB nine last year in PPR points per game. Uh, he reached career highs in games played, total touchdowns, scored 18 on the year, not a small feat by any means. But that's kind of part of the reason, or that is part of the reason that I'm why I'm scared off of James Conner because he was dependent on those touchdowns. Of the 55 running backs that scored at least 100 PPR points in 2021, James Conner was second in fantasy points that came as a result of a touchdown. of his fantasy points came as the result of a touchdown. To help put that in perspective, Jonathan Taylor, who led the league in touchdowns, had 20 of them. Only 32% of his total fantasy points came from his 20 touchdowns. The average running back in this 55 running back sample size had their touchdowns account for just 23% of their total fantasy points. So James Conner, along with Damian Harris, uh, were the outliers in this situation. Uh, But even James Conner, at least Damian Harris, he ran for over 900 rushing yards. Um, James Conner ran for about 700. Uh, The same 55 running backs scored a touchdown at a rate of just one touchdown for every 129 rushing yards. James Conner scored at a rate of one touchdown for every 50 rushing yards. Based on his yardage total, should have probably scored closer to 5.8 touchdowns 
as opposed to the 15 rushing touchdowns that he scored. Easily the biggest overachiever in this department. And again, I don't want to, you know, I know players aren't injury prone, but some players, you know, tend to like have a history with injuries. And and one of those is James Conner. So if there is a world where he doesn't come through at his RB15 price tag. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, nah, I totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, he's definitely a name I was talking about. I mean, thinking about, um, just because touchdown dependency is tough to repeat uh, year in and year out. That's just how it is in the NFL and how it is in fantasy. So, unless he's getting, you know, some yardages and catching passes, then it'd be hard to sustain that again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Greg, who's your running back bust this year? I'm going with a guy that's going a little bit lower than him. Uh, he's, according to Fantasy Pros, going at the RB21 right now. Um, Eli Mitchell for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, do like his volume when he played. You know, he got almost 18 carries a game, about 19 carries a game when he played. Uh, really, a question for me is the, the durability. Um, just he was getting banged up uh, just week in and week out last year. And he's, you know, already came in to camp a little banged up, had some. Uh, question marks uh, coming in here. Um, I do like him playing when he plays the volume he's going to get, but uh, is he going to be able to, you know, consistently withhold a, you know, 16, 17 game season? Uh, kind of like the questions why we had, I had James Conner maybe as a bus last year or in the previous years, like James Conner was the guy that was just couldn't stay on the field. Uh, granted, Eli Mitchell just, you know, just starting his career out pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I just have question marks about that. And the guys around him pretty much as well. He's going above guys like J.K. Dobbins, who I think I'd ra- rather have uh, over Eli Mitchell. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I still would have, I think, over Eli Mitchell as well. Uh, so both those guys, especially get J.K. Dobbins, I think he's going to be a guy with a lot more volume sustained throughout the season in a, in a better offense. Yeah, Eli Mitchell Eli Mitchell is tough because, you know, like like the, some of the things you said, the volume is going to be there. Uh, yeah. The question is, you know, a lot of times that he was injured. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely something to consider when you're sitting there drafting. Uh, I I know that I I have less of an issue with, with the injury history, like, you know, kind of some of the stuff that I said before. Um, but, you know, it's definitely something to consider when you're when you're sitting there in that running back dead zone and you're making those draft picks. Um, we're going to go to my running back sleeper now. And, you know, we I talked about James Conner, who plays in Arizona. Uh, he spent some time with another running back uh, in Chase Edmonds, who's now in Miami. Uh, and so I'm going with, with him uh, as the lead back now in Miami. Uh, I like Edmonds a lot this year. And he was efficient, averaging, you know, 0.8 eight, five fancy points per touch last year, uh, comparable to guys like CMC, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, just name a few. He now enters a situation in Miami where he, again, he can be the lead guy. We'll see some work for sure. Uh, but for the first time he'll be the one a, uh, instead of spending time as the one B last year to James Conner and the one B the year before to Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, he, Mike McDaniel, who comes from San Francisco, he's the head coach there in Miami, is going to install this this outside zone run scheme that should fit Edmonds to a T. He's going off the board as RB33. 
I've got him in that range, uh, actually at RB32, so slightly above market value there. Uh, he's a guy I like scooping up as my third running back or maybe even you know, my RB2 if you're going a wide receiver heavy to start your draft. Yeah, definitely like that. I mean, and just plays off your, your bus, so that's, that's pretty good, pretty one right there. Greg, who's your uh, running back sleeper? Uh, I'm going with Ramahandre Stevenson uh, from the New England Patriots. Uh, last year, you know, he did decent as the backup role for Damian Harris, kind of like 50-50 at times, you know, 60-40 maybe Ramondre because a lot of times Damian Harris would lead the game with injury. I was uh, a guy that rostered both last year, so it was tough, uh, you know, seeing Damian Harris leave within the first quarter and you got Ramondre Stevenson on the bench and then he scores like maybe two touchdowns in the game. But, you know, got – 10 to 15, 10 to 15 carries last year. Uh, but I think that will increase this year. And, you know, the, the question mark, for, you know, Damian Harris is also another durability question mark as well. So I think he can be where he's going around that RB 33 range or 34 range uh, guys around him, like Damian Pierce, we talked about, I'd rather have Ramon J Stevenson. I think he, uh, his role is more secure than that. And uh, he's, you know, ability to catch passes as well. Uh, got 18 targets last year, but, uh, maybe that can bump up this year. I think he's gonna, you know, be a guy that takes that second year leap. I I like this one a lot. When I saw this, um, you know, because he was somebody that I definitely considered for this spot as well. Um, you know, I, I agree with everything you said. He he's got this. I mean, we've already there's already been talks with James White retiring that Ramondre mm-hmm. Stevenson is going to take over the the James White uh, role in the past game, and you know. That's a great, you know, yeah. role to have. Not Absolutely. saying that they're just going to give him all of James White's targets and target him like 60, 60, 70 times. But, you know, this is a guy that is going to be playing on some third downs. He's a big back. You know, he's like 230 pounds. So he can play on first and second down. He can play on the, you know, on the goal line and there's a short yardage back. So, He's pretty much like a Damian Harris injury away from being yeah. – you're not saying that we ever want to wish injury on anybody, but, you know, this is the game that we're playing. You know, he's the Damian Harris injury away from being the lead running back for the New England Patriots and, like, yeah. the, like a workhorse running back for the New England Patriots. So that's something that's definitely valuable. So I, I definitely agree with what you said. Um, staying, yeah, especially if you're taking sleepers. You want, you want some upside at that point. You want someone that can maybe – uh, get you a boom late in the season, be a league winner. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think Ramondre can can definitely be that for sure. I mean, I don't think it even takes an injury. I just think it takes him yeah. just playing better than David right. Harris, which I think he right. can actually do. Yeah. Um, Moving on to the running back breakouts and going with Brees Hall. Uh, <laughs> it's just, again, yes, sir. <laughs> if, if you've listened to the show before <laughs> – and similar to quarterback, I usually have an archetype. And at the running back position, give me those rookie running backs, uh, the ones entering a situation where they got high draft capital. 2019, it was David Montgomery. That one didn't work out too well. 2020 was Jonathan Taylor. That one worked out pretty well. 2021, Najee Harris. I mean, that one was kind of slam dunk, so I'm not even Yeah, that's a layup right there. Yeah, you're, right, you're right, facts. You know, <laughs> but this year it's Brees Hall. He's rated as the top running back in my prospect model for the you know the 2022 draft class. Profiles very similar to Jonathan Taylor as a prospect. 
in terms of athleticism, breakout age, draft capital, and like Jonathan Taylor, had he been drafted in the first round, which, by the way, the Jets were trying to get into position to take him in the first round, but had he been drafted in the first round, he would have been the highest rated running back in my prospect model, which goes back to 2018, which Saquon Barkley currently holds that that title. Brees Hall gets an opportunity here with the Jets team that will lean on his run game. He's also very good as a receiver out of the backfield. You know, we talked about Damian Pierce and his 45 receptions in 48 games. Well, Brees Hall had 82 receptions in 36 games at Iowa State. Uh, he will probably start out slow as he adjusts, uh, and but eventually I think his talent takes over. He's the guy that I would load up on. Uh, you know, I'd load up on, on other running backs as well if I'm going to take him, invest, you know, a high pick in him, you know, just for that slow start that I anticipate. Or if I don't draft him, uh, maybe I, I look to buy him from other teams in my league um, because, again, Michael's, Michael's Carter has not given up the starting spot. I mean, I think he will eventually at some point, but Brees Hall is too talented to, to, to not be involved in this offense early and often. Uh, I've got him down as my RB 16 on the year, confident as the year goes on that he'll he'll start to put up some big time weeks. Yeah, that his draft capital. I mean, the just I don't think would have went for him if they didn't think you know didn't want to give him opportunity. So he's he's definitely get that to start. Um, and yeah, he's star in college. So I think he's got some definitely some good moments he's gonna happen this year. Greg. Uh, I sense a, a recurring theme here with your with your next two picks, but who who's your running back breakout? Running back breakout, going with Travis Etienne. This is a uh, you know definitely uh, you know a player that we really were excited to see last year uh, and, and didn't get to see. Uh, and I, I think people you know maybe I not slept on him a little bit. I, you know he's rated around the that low end RB two range, but I think he can be rated a little higher. Uh, I think by next year, he'll be rated a little higher as well. I think he'll be a top 15 running back. Uh, the receiving is there, that what he did in college. He had 48 receptions in his last year in college in 12 games. Uh, he's definitely a guy that can be very elusive. And when he was in his offense in Clemson, this guy, I think, you know, he's going to be with uh, the Jaguars in a better offense uh, with a real coach. Uh, and they're still going to be playing from behind. So the receptions in the PPR game will be there. I think Travis Etienne is going to break out and give a top 15 season. Yeah, I, I definitely – yeah, I was saying that before. I think Etienne was your uh, – was your, yeah. your, your running back breakout last year, but we didn't get yep. to see that because of yeah. the, the list. Frank so I got to hit it, hit it again, you know. Yes, sir. No, I get my pick through. <laughs> get it again. Um, you know, he is going as – you know, you got you do have to pay up to get him. I mean, uh, multi-site ADP according to 444.com. He is the running back 17. So uh, you definitely got to pay up to get him. But if you're confident, which I, I am as well, I think the receive the receptions are going to be there. Um, I've got him probably closer in the 20s, but I think that definitely he's a guy that will break out this year. It really just, you know, depends what happens with James Robinson, right? Because he's a guy that he if he's involved, there's uh yeah, you know, there's definitely some opportunity bit, yeah. for sure. But Moving on to my guys, are my guys, and my my guy for 2022 is 
AJ Dillon. One of my absolute favorite targets in fantasy football this year. We okay. talked about who will benefit from the departure of Devontae Adams. And I'm not saying that AJ Dillon is going to line up at wide receiver, but I do think that the Packers do lean on their running backs a little bit more with uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who, by the way, quarterback Aaron Rodgers referred to as two of their best 11 players on offense. Uh, we we know what the six foot, 240 pound running back can do as a rusher, uh, but he's also very good as a receiver out of the backfield, which is misconstrued. People think because he's this big bruising back that he's not very good out of the backfield, but he had 37 targets last year, caught 34 of them, had 317 receiving yards and two touchdown receptions, finished last year as the running back 23 in PPR points, go, uh, you know, PPR points per game, going off the board as the running back 24, which if you ask me, I think that's his floor. He should see a bump in opportunities, but he's also got this built-in upside of if God forbid anything happened to Aaron Jones, he he automatically becomes yeah, a, a top 12 yeah. running back. Like, yeah. no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts. He's a weekly top 12 yeah. running back and a, a workhorse that, mm-hmm. like, Packers offense, like, hasn't really had since I don't even know how long. But, yeah, AJ since like AJ Dillon is my my guy for 2020. Yeah, no. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like that for sure. AJ Dillon, he's one of those guys that, you know, they can trust his body to make him a workhorse. So, like, yeah, he can be at the goal line, be third downs, be every down back because – yeah, he's he's built. He's ready for this. <laughs> Definitely, Quadzilla does not play. Yeah. He does not skip like day. The only other one that looks like is Derrick Henry, and you see the volume he gets. So, Greg, who's your running back, my guy, this year? I'm gonna go with just a guy that loves to see play football every week. One of my favorite players to watch, Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, he definitely at the RB. You know, going around that RB seven range, RB eight range. I think. He can give you actually a little low bat in some drafts, uh, just kind of getting a little slept on a little bit, I think, this year. Uh, and him and Michael Thomas going to come back, uh, give you good seasons uh, with Jameis Wilson at the helm. Alvin Kamara, close to 24 carries, 20, not even 24 carries, 24 touches last year uh, in the games that he played. Um, so the volume's going to be there. The talent is just, I think, you know, top 10 in the league for what he can do at his position, pound for pound. Nothing stopping Alvin Kamara. Like the, he's given us spe- such special moments in fantasy. Uh, I definitely see that happening again this year. Yeah, I remember that six touchdown game lost me a championship, or I was on the <laughs> other side of it, won somebody else's championship. Great, you know, fantastic for you if you won it. I was on, on Christmas. I'll never forget that day. It was terrible. Um, but anyway, Alvin Kamara, he's the man. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I I'm okay with him being a my guy because he is being slept on the RB eight. Like how yeah. often is, do you, are you able to get Alvin Kamara in round two of drafts? Sometimes um, it does have a lot to do with the people, the looming suspension people thought was going to come, but apparently, you know, that's probably coming in 2023. So uh doesn't impact him in 2022. So if you're playing in your redraft leagues, it means, Go ahead and draft him. I mean, you know, with confidence, I, man. With confidence, uh, like I said, I, I know I've got him as my RB six. I believe I said. 
Yeah, he's my running back six. I, I think Greg, you also have him in your top seven as well. Yes, top seven. Yeah, believe seven. Um, so you know, definitely a guy that you know we like to target. Um, and yeah, it's just really comes down to you know him being on the football field, and we know he's one of the best players in football when he's when he is on the field. So uh, definitely scoop him up in drafts if you see him falling. Uh, let's play some ADP game. And Greg, I'm going with two guys here who missed a chunk of last year. Cam Akers coming off the board as the RB19. As the pick, 409. All coming off the Achilles injury, which he recovered from and was able to play at the end of the season through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Or J.K. Dobbins, Going off the board as the RB21, the 12th pick in the fourth round, faces an injury comeback of, of his own, coming off the torn ACL. Mm, that's tough, but I'm just I'm in love with J.K. Dobbins and what he could do uh, in an offense that is just built to run the football. They're still a run-first team, uh, one of the run-heaviest teams in the league. Uh, so I think the volume will be slightly there a little bit more. Uh, I, you know, both have question marks about their durability. So I mean, that's that's a you know you, you're taking that out. Uh, and around this range, you're just taking the risk. But I would love to have J.K. Dobbins as my RB two, because that I think can give you RB one value uh, throughout the season. Yeah, when I wrote this up like two two days ago. Mm-hmm. I was a hundred percent confident. Like I'm, I'm taking J.K. Dobbins, like hundred <laughs> percent. And then there was that video today of like J.K. Dobbins at. Well, first it was like, oh, there's whispers J.K. Dobbins might not be ready for week one, right? Then you hear and like, oh, Mike Davis is going to get a lot of work in week one, and then the uh, Kenyon Drake gets cut, and immediately, you know, less than a week later. He's signing with the Ravens. And then mm-hmm. you're hearing more about J.K. might not be ready week one. And then you're seeing this. There's video came out on Twitter today of J.K. Dobbins doing a, a drill and, w- like, limping away from it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like I said, when I was doing this, like, two or three days ago, I was confident I would take J.K. Dobbins because K-Makers is also dealing with some injuries of his own. Sean McVay came out and recently said that, uh, uh, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are one A and one A, and that—that's the worst thing you need to hear. I mean, that's and, the life of a RB these days. But yeah, definitely. And uh, I forget who I was listening to. Forgive me, but uh, somebody was saying how Sean McVay has really seen—he's really changed his ways from you know the old days where he would have the Todd Gurley's, and he's just going to run him into the ground. Um, and he he really understands that he you know maybe he's got to save these running backs and go to like more of a two back system. So to me that makes Daryl Henderson a value and probably Cam Akers a little overdrafted. But if mm-hmm. I have to take both of these guys at cost, I'm probably gonna go with the guy I know is healthy, and that's Cam Akers because he's returned to practice recently. J.K. Dobbins seems to be having, I mean, for him to be limping around on a knee that he had surgically repaired this time last year 
it like can't be good. So yeah, I probably I'm gonna go Acres in that situation. Yeah, now that you're telling me all this information, I'm gonna still go with JK because I'm because because he's gonna be my RB two, possibly RB three flex. I'm not expecting him to be if he's not ready week one. I'm I'm right. I'm willing for him to get ready for like week two, week three, week four, and then just rock out and just get a high clip of fantasy points per game. Yeah, I mean it's definitely, you know, again, like we always say, definitely you got to draft to your strategy or to your to your mindset or whatever your your personality is, right? Like so, if you want to take some risk, Greg's usually the the risk averse one. I'm usually the one it's that true. wants to take the risk. Uh, but I also, you know, consider considering, I guess for me, like wanting to start out strong, you know, those first couple of weeks. And if you invest, you know, the fourth round pick and like, if you go running back heavy in like a half PPR league, like, hell yeah. Like I will, I'm all for yeah. that for sure. So, um, all right, let's move on to this next, this next segment. And I feel like I know where you're going with this one. Um, I typed it up before. I saw who your uh, who your picks were going to be today, but this one is Elijah Mitchell or Eli Mitchell versus Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We got Eli, Eli Mitchell. I want to call him Elijah Mitchell so bad. Eli Mitchell, who took over <laughs> the 49ers lead back in week one of last season, going off the board as the RB23, according to 44.com's multi-site ADP. That's pick 509 in your standard 12-team league. And then we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who has disappointed fantasy manager fantasy managers, it seems like since entering the league in 2020, going off the board as the RB25, the eighth pick in the sixth round. Greg, who do you take at cost here? Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna go with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um just I think Actually, uh, that's, that's tough. Uh, I think, yeah, that's tough. I do. I would take J.K. Dobbins over Eli Mitchell, but maybe it stops at Clyde because Clyde has just been, you know, he was a guy that I believed in the, with my rookie. He was my rookie breakout um, last year. I thought, you know, he was going to have a bounce back season, but seems like, you know, I think, you know, I think I have high hopes for Isaiah I mean, Pacheco. That's why uh, for him, his prospects. So I think I'm going to go with Eli Mitchell in this spot, actually. Um, because Clyde, I think throughout you know start the season he'll get those touches. Um, but it's possible that he could get outplayed uh, late in the season, and then um, have you know the Chiefs have been signing a lot of running backs. But they keep trying to get uh, ensure that running back core. I'm, I'm not sure if they have the full trust in, in Clyde edwards Lair as the number one. Where Eli Mitchell, when he plays, I think he's he's the guy. Yeah, I I actually am gonna go with Clyde on this one. Uh, I do have Clyde. I know you and I kind of talked about this. I have Clyde in my top twenty of running backs. He's actually the the RB eighteen for me uh, right now, and it's mainly because you know, like you did mention, the the Chiefs have invested a lot in the running in bringing in running backs. Um, but it's clear that all these running backs that they brought in are are backups uh, because while. Ronald Jones has gotten time with the ones. Derek Gore has gotten time with the ones. Isaiah Pacheco has gotten time with the ones. Uh, they've also seen times with the twos, the threes, and sometimes even the fours, right? Like where Clyde Edwards-Alaire consistently run with the ones. He doesn't run with anything less than the ones. So um, that kind of signals, you know, in, in preseason games, preseason action, he took 
11 snaps with, you know, you know, Patrick Mahomes played 11 snaps. Clyde Edwards-Alaire played those same 11 snaps, right? So, you know, it, it's been clear based on what, like, what the Chiefs have been doing that Clyde's, uh, you know, you know, been the guy uh, through camp. I think that, you know, he, Clyde's biggest issue has been his inability to stay healthy, kind of similar to what Elijah Mitchell or Eli Mitchell has shown through the first year. Um, but, you know, Clyde is, you know, there have been times where, you know, like you were, like you said, you know, he's been outplayed, right? Like Daryl Williams at times has outplayed him. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're like, he'll give, give Daryl Williams those touches. Um, but I think from a volume perspective uh, and especially with some targets being avail- available, uh, and we know Clyde can do that. I think Clyde's going to, going to start out the, you know, the gate strong for sure. Yeah, this is, that's definitely a good one though, for sure. Um, again, this is another one that I did not know that you were going to have uh, some, pick somebody for this. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. But uh, Ramondre here, you know, you know. <laughs> versus Michael Carter, a little in-division rivalry here. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson going off the board as the running back 36, uh, pick 902. And Michael Carter going off the, run- the board as running back 41, pick 1006. Um, who would you rather have at cost, Greg? Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Ramadre Stevenson, uh, wherever his volume is after uh that RB twenty five range, because I think he can finish in that uh when the season is over, um RB twenty five and up as his upside. Also, because now that I heard, you know, that your breakout is Beast Hall, you know, that just gives me more confidence in taking Ramadre Stevenson and maybe Michael Carter falling, slipping a little bit, uh, and being where his cost is actually uh, you know, outside the top thirty uh and top thirty five. So yeah, I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, I, I actually put this one on here so that, like, I could actually talk a little bit um, <laughs> about, like, some of the things I'm going through mental. I go through mentally when I'm in drafts and I'm trying to make a selection between these two guys because I do find myself very often, um, you know, having to make a decision between one of these two guys. Uh, and I, I do have them. I have Ramondre Stevenson running back 30. Michael Carter running back 35, um, you know, and, you know, in, in close tiers, you know, similar, similar play, you know, not far from each other. But the reason why I go through this struggle mentally when, when trying to make these selections is not because Michael Carter plays for the Jets or because he's one of my favorite players. But the fact is, I know that week one, Michael Carter is going to be the starting running back for the New York Jets. Like right. I, like I, like I'm pretty I can pretty I can say that pretty confidently just based on what's happened in the preseason, uh what what the Jets have done, how they've handled rotations and things of that nature. Brees Hall won't be the starting running back week one. He could be the mm-hmm. starting running back week two, week three, week four, I'm not sure, but week one he definitely won't be the starter. Uh where Ramondre Stevenson, we don't know when he's gonna be the starter, right? Like right. he's he's a guy that you know, you're scared, you're gonna put on your bench and you're gonna be like, you're not gonna start him. You're just gonna be like, all right, let's see what happens. You're mm-hmm. gonna watch that game week one against Miami, and you're gonna be like, all right, let's see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. And then depending on that game, you're gonna keep him, you know, that'll that'll signal to you whether you want to keep him on your roster or not. So to me, it really comes down to what my roster looks like at the moment that I'm making this selection, right? Like if I have, if I'm, if I've already have like my running back position set, 
then Ramondre Stevenson, you know, no questions asked because icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that's more that's upside right there. Yeah. But if I've gone, you know, like maybe I've gone wide receiver heavy, or maybe I've gone a little hero RB or you know, zero RB even. Um and I know like, hey, I need a I need a running back week one to start just to stick just to stick in that slot. And then I'll 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 you know, I'm a good enough player to figure it out. Like I'll play waivers. Like Michael Carter is a guy that, you know, like you said, Mike Brees Hall's my back is my 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 breakout. But like I also said at the beginning, when talking about him and his potential breakout, is that Michael Carter is still the he's still the guy right now. And I don't know how long it's gonna take for him to seed that job, but eventually at some point he will. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's not like a Jordan Howard and then Ma, this guy named Miles Gaskin just comes out of nowhere and after week one and just takes <laughs> over. That was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my we I mean that was crazy, but it was also kind of crazy because we had so much Jordan Howard yeah. that it was just an easy pivot. It was like, all right, well, we're just gonna go yeah, to Miles Gaskin then. <laughs> so uh, sometimes when you're when you're wrong, you can still be right, and uh, you know sometimes when you're right, you could be right. You know, like last year, I didn't want Mike Davis, but that's why I was like, before we <laughs> went, I'm gonna scoop up all this Cordero Patterson. So it worked <laughs> out. Yes, sir. All right, so that's the running back position. We will be back on tomorrow. Um, still have to finalize a time. We are, you know, between our work schedules, it's pretty busy. And I know Greg's, you know, Greg's struggling over there with some projects that he's working on. So, uh, our, you know, and we have a draft tomorrow. So we're going to have to figure out exactly what time we're going to be on here. But we will be live. But if, you know, you somehow missed the live show, we will be on, you You know, we'll be on YouTube for you to watch later. Uh, you know, you can find it on Twitter. It'll be the pinned tweet on the FF Diagnostics Twitter account. Um, and then in terms of, you know, the podcast, you'll find us on you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all all of those uh nice and in and uh you know all those nice podcast platforms and make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and make sure you 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 are following Greg at we underscore made it on Instagram at G Money underscore truth on Twitter and you can follow me at JR Football Nerd on all social media platforms. Have a good one everybody Thank you for listening and watching, and we're out of here. Peace. We out.